welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Good morning and welcome. It's so good to be able to connect with you again. My, my wife and I, we've been married for going on 14 years, in a couple of days in fact. Um, but we met when I was 20, she was 18, and uh, we were friends for a, for, for a while, started dating a year later, and then we dated for four years before we got married. Now you might be wondering, why on earth did we date for four years before we got married? Because personally, I would not recommend it. Um, the truth be told, uh, it took about eight years for me to convince her parents that I was the right guy for her. They just conceded after four. Uh, but it's great that we can laugh about it today. I've got a great relationship with them. And uh, in fact, just the other day over lunch, we were having a good chuckle about it. But during these four years of, of dating, um, there's a cultural norm that we lived in back then and that we live in today. And that cultural norm is pretty much that... Uh, when you've been dating for a certain time period, um, your, your, your relationship takes the step where you then start sleeping together. And uh, my wife and I, early on, we, we just chose that that wasn't, that wasn't gonna be for us. We were, we were gonna choose to just honor God through our relationship, through every area of our relationship. And for that reason, we decided to wait for the four years. Now, a lot of our friends didn't understand this. It was, it was quite a contentious issue at times. And uh, the thinking behind um, this, this idea of, well, when I'm in relationship, you know, a point comes where I, where I just sleep with my significant other. Uh, the, 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 the thinking behind it is, it's just sex. Like, it's just a physical act. That's it. Um, to which we felt differently about it. Uh, and to illustrate that, carrying on with the story, we ended up arriving on our wedding day, uh, went through the ceremony. Ceremony was beautiful. I remember a lot of the ceremony. Uh, got to the, the, the reception. Um, couldn't tell you what was on the menu that night. Couldn't tell you if anyone ate. Couldn't tell you if I ate. Uh, couldn't, couldn't tell you anything about the reception other than the fact that I was super, super excited. Like I was like 80% excited, 20% nervous. My wife ensures me that she was 100% nervous. Um, but, but there was this excitement about the evening and, and end of reception. My wife and I go, we get into the car, we drive off to where we're going to be spending our first night, uh, for, for honeymoon. And, um, and I had this old, busted uh, BMW. Um, it was an automatic because I had a broken leg and I, I couldn't push a clutch. And so off we go in, in this old, busted up BM. We arrive at our, at our destination, but it's like a torrential downpour and that torrential downpour lasted all night. So as I stop, um, I grab my crutches off the back seat, uh, open the car door, climb out, and I hobble off to reception, a uh, bit of a distance, get to reception, check us in, hobble back from reception, get back into the car. By the time I'm back in the car, I'm completely drenched. Um, I look over at my, at my new little bride, and uh, she, 
she kind of very nervously looks back over at me and um, and I'm like, okay, let's get the car started. Let's get off to the room. I get the key turned <laughs> and the car's dead. Like there's nothing. There's not the obligatory woof, 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 nothing. Um, and I remember this car has all these electronic idiosyncrasies. It's like got these weird little quirks about it. Um, so I'm messing with the immobilizer. I'm, I'm checking if the car doors are locked. I'm checking the handbrake, I'm checking the wiring harness. And no matter what I do, this car will not start. And after messing with it for about 10 minutes, I just don't know what to do anymore. And I just kind of drop my head. And as I drop my head, I'm just shaking my head. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry, my girl. I'm so sorry, my girl. And as I'm shaking my head out of the corner of my eye, my eye catches the gear shift. And I realize that the car is in drive. And if you know anything about an automatic car, an automatic car does not start in drive. It has to be in park. So I click it over into park. I start the car and we drive off to our room. And if you're wondering where that story ends, that's pretty much it uh, for the purposes of this message. Uh, but here's the deal. Why was there that anticipation? Why was there that excitement? Because you see, this was far more than just a physical act. The truth be told, this was a deepening of intimacy. This was a, a, a deepening of relationship that we were entering into. This was a mingling of souls. Now, someone said this, someone wrote this, I read it somewhere, I cannot tell you who it was. Unfortunately, I have um, lost track of that, but essentially here's what they said. They said, being intimate involves the mixing of one life with another, a mingling of souls, a sharing of hearts. This is something we all long for because it's how God made us. We are designed to connect. So as we, we look at that, we recognize that, that, that God created us for connection with Him. God created us for intimacy with Him. We go and we look at the words of Jesus as He prays over you and over me in the book of John. Uh, where he says this in John 17, verse 20, he says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, meaning his followers that were with him at the time, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So if you today call yourself a Jesus follower, here Jesus is speaking about you. If in a few years time you will call yourself a Jesus follower, Jesus will have been speaking about you in this moment. He says this, he says, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. So Jesus speaking to God. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, man, when, when people look at you and me, he wants them 
to see him in us. He, he wants the world around us to see his, his personality, his, his characteristics, his nature. The, the, when people see how we behave and treat each other, and we, we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, that ultimately people mustn't see us, but they must see the evidence of Jesus in us. And this, ladies and gentlemen, only happens through intimate relationship with God, and that is what He created you and me for, is a closeness, a togetherness with Him. Now, in all honesty, like, uh, even though I'm a, I'm a pastor, I have found myself at times sacrificing relationship with God for the work of God. If I could word it this way, I've sacrificed intimacy for the needs of day-to-day -day activities, in my case, of ministry. But I suspect that you know exactly what I'm talking about. I suspect that in your life, you have possibly also sacrificed intimacy with Him for the needs of, of the day-to-day -day activities of your life. Kind of plays out like we'll read our devotional. <laughs> Whether we understand it or not, it doesn't matter because we've ticked the box. Then we go and we pray and we kind of pray that, that, that cliched little prayer that we always pray. But again, it's okay because we've ticked the box. And, and, and then we move on to the real work of the day. And, and God looks at all of that and he goes, you know what? I do desire more. And my heart is that you would desire more. It's kind of like mom and dad arriving at a, at a family dinner table with the kids. And either dad or mom or both or everyone might physically be there, but they're absent. Either, either sitting there on, on their phones, busy working on some stuff, or just lost in thought of the day. But even though they are physically there, they're absent. There's no relationship, there's no connection, there's no intimacy. And Jesus speaks into this when it comes to our relationship with God. Here's what he says in, in Matthew 7. In my opinion, this is probably the most frightening portion of all of text throughout Scripture. Here's what he says. He says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. And there's a lot that's said in there, and there's a lot that we can get into. 
But what Jesus is really saying is summed up in those words, I never knew you. I never knew you. What he's talking about there is he's talking about a depth of relationship. That same meaning to that word that is used there is also found in the book of Genesis chapter 4 where it says, and Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived and gave birth to a son. Adam knew his wife. Get away from me. I never knew you. It speaks into that same depth of relationship, that same connection, that same intimacy that God so desperately asks for and and, and created us for with him. It speaks of having intimate knowledge of. So what Jesus is saying here in Matthew, Matthew 7 is that they, they may have had the physical act of religion, but they never had the relationship. And that's what I want from you. I love the life of David. If you know me, you'll know that he's one of my heroes. Um, he messed up a lot, and that's not why he's my hero. Uh, the reason why he's my hero is because even though he messed up a lot, he'd always come back and fix it. In fact, he was known as a man after God's own heart because of the way that he would come back and be quick to repent. And there's this portion of scripture in 2 Samuel uh, 11 verse 1. And we're going to pop the entire scripture on the screen for you that you, you'll be able to, to read it. I'm just going to read the opening line and the closing line because it really sums up the heart of what's being said here. But here's what it says about David. It says, it says this, it says, When kings normally go out to war, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. When kings normally go out to war, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Now, I don't know about you, but I suspect it's very much the same as in my life. I've, I've noticed that when war breaks out in my life, kind of like what we've just experienced, you know, COVID, lockdown, all of these things that, 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 that we've lived through. When war breaks out in my life, I find that my need for, for my relational levels with, with God kind of go through the roof. Like I'm in desperate need of high relationship with God when, when, when war breaks out in my life. There's an old world war saying uh, that, that goes something like this, that there's no atheists in foxholes. Like you, there is not an atheist in a, in a, in a foxhole. Uh, pretty much just speaking into this point that when all hell breaks loose, we really tend to gravitate back toward God and long for that relationship because we're longing for the relief. On the flip side, when things are going well in my life, when like there's no COVID, there's no lockdown, there's no effects of that, there's no financial pressure, there's no relational pressure, there's no emotional pressure, there's none of that. And I'm just chilling on the couch at home, watching something, enjoying life. Then to my shame, I confess that at times, complexity creeps in when it comes to my connection and my relationship with God. And it's something I have to guard against. 
And this is really what we see happen in the life of David here. We see him when he should be away at war, when he should be in a certain place leading a certain group of men, he opts for the easy thing and he stays home. And he's walking on the roof one evening and he sees the beautiful Bathsheba without her Sheba on having a bath. And he says to his servants, go fetch that woman for me. And ultimately, ultimately, we see David trade intimacy with God for the physical act of sex with Bathsheba. But David doesn't leave it there. See, David, as we said, he was quick to repent. And in Psalm 51, we really get this view into how David goes and makes right. And I believe that in his words is something for you and me to to really pay attention to. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your, from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. It's the most important thing in my life, Lord. Don't take it from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. What, what David is, is, is saying there is, Lord, the most Im- important thing in my life is that I'll be loyal to you, that, that, that I'll be connected to you, and that as, as I'm connected to you, there is a joy that, that comes over my life that I can function from. And I don't know where you're at right now, but I highly suspect maybe today you're a Jesus follower. Maybe during this time, the, if I can say the storm of life has knocked the stuffing out of you and you find yourself in a place where you're deflated and, 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 and quite um, down within your emotional state, your spiritual state. And through this process, you've kind of drifted from your relationship with God. And as you have, you've, you've, you've needed to find that reconnection with Him. And it's when we draw close to God, when we get into, into relationship with God, that he comes and he, he restores that joy of that salvation that we once experienced. So if that's you, if you're in a place where, 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 where you've kind of slipped in that area, I want to encourage you, man, get connected to God and have him restore that joy to your life. See, the most important thing in a person's life is their connection with God in intimacy. A couple of years ago, we had a plumbing issue. Um, I can remember having a shower, uh, getting dressed, going downstairs, and as I walked downstairs, I stepped into water. And apparently, there was a block in our, in our pipes. And uh, the shower water had gone through the drains, hit the blockage, come back, and had ejected out of the, the downstairs toilet. Uh, thank God for flushing of toilets because it was clean. 
I'm grateful for that. Um, but ultimately, called in the plumbers, uh, and plumber came, checked it out. I connected with him and asked him, so what happened? And he said, oh, you've got roots in your pipes. And like, you can only imagine what's going through my mind. I've like got scenes of Jumanji in my head. Uh, and I, I, I asked him, like, how's that possible? Are there cracks in the pipes? Are there holes in the pipes? And he says, no, 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 the roots that I'm talking about are slightly thicker than your hair. And he says, what happens is your pipes, all throughout your pipes, there are these connections. And wherever the connection isn't tight, where it's, where it's loosened slightly, these thin little roots creep in there, get into the pipes, and then they grow inside of your pipes and cause a blockage. And as he told me this immediately, it got me thinking. It got me thinking that, that at the end of the day, you and I, we've been connected through relationships. We have a connection through a relationship first with God, then we have a connection in relationship with each other. And when our connections aren't tight, then all kinds of roots can creep in through these gaps and cause all kinds of blockage in the systems of our relationships. These, these roots are, are, are roots of hurt or, or stress or or people's opinions, or family dynamics, or, or pride, or, or doubt, or performance, or comparison. But these roots get, get, get stuck in, and they, they cause this, this blockage in the channel of our relationships, first with God and then with each other. And the only way for us to keep the roots out of the system is to ensure that the connection is tight. When the relational connection is tight, the roots of life can't creep in to our relationships. Then the flow from God's heart to my heart is clear and unhindered. Then the flow of, from God's heart to your heart is clear and unhindered. I wonder how those connections today Today, as you consider your own life, what's your next step? What's your next step? Have, have you possibly become so focused on the physical acts of, of maybe digging yourself out of the hole that you find yourself in uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, that you stop paying attention to the connection between you and God? Or maybe the opposite has happened to you during this time. Maybe COVID has, has done the opposite of what it's done to most folks where, where it's actually caused your business to flourish and boom. And as it's caused it to boom, it's maybe slid you into a space of, compla of complacency where, where you've not paid the attention that you should be paying to your connection with God. No matter where you find yourself today, I believe that if you are in this space, we've been talking lately about what does love require of me? Ladies and gentlemen, it's very hard to know what love requires of me when I'm not connected to the heart of love. 
And in order for me to know what love requires of me, I must be connected to the heart of love. Are we paying attention to this connection? Are we, are we staying connected in intimacy and relationship with God? If you need to pay attention to that today, I want to urge you to take that step. Pay attention to your connection with God in intimacy and relationship. And from that point, knowing who He is and how He loves, we are then able to effectively answer the question, what does love require of me? Make that choice today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that today, Lord, we can really just come and recognize that there are moments that we allow life to dictate our pace, that we allow life to dictate our focus. And Lord, I thank you that as we just surrender to you, Lord, I thank you that you come and and guide us and direct us. Lord, that you come and, and as we pay attention to our connection with you. Lord, that so you deal with all those roots that may be in the way. Lord, those, those, those roots of hurt, those roots of, of, of failure, those, those roots of, of complacency. Lord, the roots of pride, the roots of doubt. I thank you that you come and deal with all of those. Father God, I thank you that today we can say, Lord, I choose my connection with you. I choose to pay attention to that connection. The most important thing in my life today is my relationship with you. And I thank you that we can come. And as David prayed, Lord, just say, Lord, will you create that loyal spirit in us that we put you first. Lord, that we do not have to be out of your presence because it's the most important thing to us. And Lord, that through this, you come and that you restore the joy of your salvation in our lives. And that we can love people from that space. As we know the heart of love, we will know what love requires of us. That we can be an accurate representation of your son Jesus and we pray this in Jesus name amen amen three questions to keep the conversation going the first question is what is the physical act that most distracts you from real time with God the second question is what is the one step that you need to consciously take towards prioritizing relationship with God. The third question is, how can the people in the room or the people closest to you in your life help you to take these steps? Why don't you discuss that with the people in the room, the people closest in your life? We look forward to seeing you next week. We love you. Bye. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.